When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rewind a Raw. It's John Pollock along with Mr. Ting. Hello, Way. Hey, John. What's up? I am doing all right. Ready to dive into... Uh, this is Survivor Series week, and we have a big episode of Raw to break down, dissect from multiple angles. Uh, we're going to need it, yeah. I mean, you know, this is really just the one-hour, three-hour show. The, 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 the only three hours we have to... To focus on Survivor Series, so we're gonna have to put everything under a magnifying glass. Did they grab you? I don't know. Uh, grab, grab is very uh, was loose. This exciting was the end of Raw. You're like, oh no, six more nights till Survivor Series. All these questions. No, I really can't say so. I mean, the matches is really like you didn't have to watch this show. You know, like all you have to do is just Google like Wikipedia the Survivor Series card and. You're pretty much left with the same thing. This is very much a show just built on what's on paper. I mean, other than maybe Charlotte and, and Becky, you know, to be fair, there's a, there's some there's a good promo there tonight. And uh, Biggie Roman, I, again, I feel like that was kind of already set. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk about it in the show review. We will indeed. Uh, this week on the site, we will have a Survivor Series post show Sunday night, right after the pay-per-view with Wayne and I going live for Double Double, Ice Cap, and Espresso members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. So we will look forward to that. But before that, Rewind Away hits. It's our Wayne Gretzky edition. It is number 99. And what what goes better with Wayne Gretzky than Herb Abrams and the UWF Blackjack Brawl from September of 1994? A show we have never reviewed before, Way, and will probably never, ever review again. Uh, but that is on the docket for Tuesday night. I, I don't think we've ever reviewed a UWF show. I don't think I've ever seen a UWF show. The um, I, the only time I've I've even thought about the UWF was through the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode that aired recently. So this was a choice by Bruce Lord. So, so thank you, Bruce, for diving into something brand new on Rewind Away. We've never done. That is coming up Tuesday. And then all of our regular shows coming out this week, including... The return of the wellness policy, Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern. It will be live with Wei Ting and Jordan Goodman. And Davey Portman, he'll be joining oh. us this week. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the, the concept of community. Oh. Uh, you know, if, if that sounds vague, well, it's it's a bit vague to me, too. So uh, we're going into this one completely cold, but I think Davey's always a good guest, especially when it comes to topics like these, because he's done such a great job with uh, the BD and the Up Next Universe, so... I look forward to talking to him and Jordan. Well, they are doing their big uh, Survivor Series show on Thursday night, I believe. Ooh, okay. It is. Wow. So exciting stuff uh, coming up Mm -hmm. this week, everybody. So check out the schedule. It's up at postwrestling.com. And you can now catch our post daily news updates. We have one up for today. And then we will be back uh, Tuesday afternoon chatting all of the latest news uh, for Tuesday. Exciting stuff. Yeah, that's right. So uh, again, audio on the Patreon. Get the get the shows right to your device. Usually at about like you know sometime between one to three o'clock in the afternoons. Perfect for most drives home, or if you're on the other side of the world, 
perfect for waking up, I suppose, at 3 a.m. If if you happen to do that. Uh, but other than that, if you are not, for whatever reason, a patron, subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can get them for free. Watch or listen to them right there. YouTube.com slash post wrestling. We're about 1,100 away from 10,000. So hopefully we can reach that milestone by the end of November. Yes. You know what it would mean if we made it to 10,000 way before the end of the month? What's that? I think we could call it stupendous. Oh, the most stupendous month in the history of the post-wrestling YouTube. So this is actually the tagline for WrestleMania. I heard Mm -hmm. this on Friday when Stephanie McMahon said this line, and I'm just, my brain is wired when I hear certain words out of Stephanie McMahon. Like, I just, I know the focus group that was behind that word. And then as soon as the video package ends, you have Michael Cole verbatim repeating the line. And that never happens by coincidence in WWE. It is a very thought out slogan. So it's, this written, year, it's written out on the graphic. Oh, it's, it is the tagline, the most stupendous two night WrestleMania in history, which I love it for the reason that imagine all the different characters on this show that are going to have to say the word stupendous <laughs> between now and April. I'm just curious to know like what sort of meetings they've had, you know, what sort of research teams they've had with their marketing department. I'm assuming 50 people were kind of, you know, in in a group meeting before they landed on the word stupendous. Like <laughs> I don't I don't I've not known of any Maybe product. maybe this was a this was guys, we forgot to come up with a tagline. Quick. <laughs> But of all words, stupendous. No, but of all words, you can use to describe something as great, impressive, good. I think stupendous would be my last choice. When was the last time you can recall using stupendous in your everyday speech in any setting, any context? I don't know. Probably when I was, uh, uh, you know, uh, I meant to probably say stupid by accident, and I said stupendous uh, through autocorrect or something like that. Like it, it, it sounds awful the word yeah and it's also kind of setting the bar low it's like the most stupendous two-night wrestlemania in history it's not even the most stupendous wrestlemania in history the bar is set at the first year where there was we were in an empty gym and last year like we're gonna be better than last year essentially is what they're saying yeah uh have there been other wrestlemania can't be worse than the last two Sorry, what is the exact line? What is the exact The most line? stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. Right, okay. So yeah, it's not it's not much of an it's accomplishment. A, it's a very significant qualifier. <laughs> this doesn't give you like the the big shows that we, we did in the Attitude Era or any of those, but the last three, we're we're hitting for the fences in this one. Right. They're not even bold enough to say, I mean, just the most stupendous two-night event in WWE history, at least, or wrestling history. I mean, can, can't they say? I, I, whatever. It's a, it's a tagline. I'm just, I just find it peculiar that they landed on the word stupendous. It's, it's, you know, are the kids saying stupendous much these days? Uh, clearly, clearly, because I watch this show and it is dialogue that is right out of the mouth of uh, 18-year-olds that <laughs> would be talking about uh, uh, Avengers and cool movies like Godzilla. <laughs> right, yeah. But, I mean, maybe joke's on us. We just spent, like, you know, five minutes talking about this WrestleMania tagline. So maybe maybe they got us again. You know, it's the great balls of fire uh, philosophy. 
Yes. Which never came back. No. Well, not yet. Tonight's Raw from the Gainbridge Fieldhouse. So this was interesting. Last Friday, Rampage was in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. No, 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 no. Last, oh, I've got it all screwed up now. Last week, uh, Dynamite was in Indianapolis. Tonight, Raw was in Indianapolis. And then the flip side was that last Friday, SmackDown was in Norfolk, Virginia. And this Wednesday, Dynamite is in Norfolk. They swapped, yeah. Pretty much each week. They swung. They're swingers, town swingers. That's right. Well, we, uh, the Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Okay. Sounds ambiguous. Very corporate. Biggie comes out to start the show and, uh, he informs us he has a match with Roman Reigns this Sunday. And, you know, last week, uh, he came out, not a care in the world about Kofi. But this week, they beat up they beat up Woods, and now now I mean, he's got Biggie's attention. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. More importantly, they took his crown, which I think was the big thing. That was you know, injure the man, whatever. He took take his crown. That's family. It is. He says this was supposed to be brand versus brand, and champion versus champion. But you and your cousins took it to a place you can't come back from. Putting your hands on my family, I'm going to beat you like you stole something. And make sure that there are empty beds in the hospitals in Brooklyn. But that's Sunday. Tonight is Monday Night Raw, so let's, let's, not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We got, we got another feud to focus on here. And uh, this was our... Initiation for this uh, this big program that will culminate on Sunday. Uh, although we would get Usos involvement tonight. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, you know, th- this always happens prior to Survivor Series where they have to play some sort of weird juggling act between the program that they're trying to sell on uh, within the brand and the program that they're trying to sell across the brand. Um, and for some reason, I guess this year they decided to pre- pretty much leave it until the final week or week and a half to really tell the story, even though they have planted the seeds between Roman and Big E prior to the brand split. So um, the match, again, it's, it's, it's a match that kind of, you know, writes itself. It's champion versus champion. That's the story um, with a bit of added heat to it with, with the new day Big E. So yeah, it, it's, it is what it is. That's the tagline for survivors. It, it is what it is. The most, <laughs> it is what it is. Two night event. He turns his attention to Kevin Owens, who comes out and is booed and said how Big E cost him his match last week with Seth Rollins and it was his third straight loss since coming to Raw. Owens said, I never lied, but because Big E said I did, everyone believed you because they like you and now they're judging me. Well, all of you can go to hell and perception is reality. That makes me the bad guy. So I'm going to cause hell. Actually, he said, I'm going to break bad for everyone. He's breaking bad. He's going to make some meth in his lab. <laughs> yeah. Try meth to head, Kevin Owens. And he says that uh, this is all Biggie's fault of the bad he is going to break here on Raw and wreak havoc on everyone. And Biggie goes after Kevin Owens when he's jumped by the Usos. And Jay says that Rain sends his regards. He's not showing up here. And he'll see him on Sunday. Riddle comes out to help him. Sonya Deville follows. 
and makes this a tag match. And then for whatever reason, Seth Rollins comes out at the end of this segment as we go to break. We come back. It is the Usos against Big E and Riddle with Seth Rollins on commentary. I mean, it's, you know, this whole, this whole like 45 minutes of this show really could have been booked by a video game. It's just like person A cuts a promo on person B and then like is people come in that are loosely affiliated and then you got a tag team match. And I mean, I guess, I guess the difference this time was you got a, you got a multi-man match on top of multi-man match. Like they could just kept stacking it. Yeah. They at least, they kept this short because they were giving you a nothing finish. Uh, the announcers at least brought up the apron bomb that Biggie sustained last week, which was our big angle to go off the show uh, and say, oh, he's he's moving around a little t- a little rough from last week. Man appeared fine, but nonetheless, um, we have seen a re- remarkable uh, rehabilitation from concertos. So an apron bomb should be nothing. That's Tylenol and you're good next day. Maybe some chiropractic work. Maybe maybe he saw Dr. Bo Hightower. Yeah. Biggie gets the tag, belly to bellies to both Usos, and then throws Jimmy onto Seth on the floor. And Biggie strikes Rollins. Rollins runs into the ring for the DQ in 255. And Rollins is delivering a beatdown with the Usos when Randy Orton is finally bothered enough to come out and hits Jay with an RKO. We come back from break, and it is Biggie and RK Bro against the Usos and Seth Rollins, because nothing says go-home show for the pay-per-view about brand versus brand. Then Raw and SmackDown uniting for a common enemy, as the Usos and Seth Rollins did in this match. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the cast. Um, you know, uh, these people hate each other, and then these people also hate each other, so put them in a tag match. That's really it. That's as much thinking as I think, you know, um, has gone into this show. This was, this felt like an extremely disorganized show watching it at 6 p.m. tonight. They put out a video announcing Seth Rollins will take on Finn Balor tonight. And that was changed. This was announced two hours before the show. And by that point, uh, that got tossed for this idea with Seth Rollins, and then Owens took on Finn Balor. Really? Wow, two hours. Hmm. Yes. Like, why bother so, even announcing? I mean, Is they pretty much anything? don't announce anything anymore. Like, as of yeah. this afternoon, the, the preview was the one I read to you today about Big E. Uh, he will do something about Kevin Owens. Becky Lynch will react to her new challenger, Liv Morgan, whatever that means. And Bobby Lashley and MVP are coming to Raw, which was half true. Right. I mean, I think they should just pr- promote every single edition of Raw as sort of a mystery show. You, you, don't, you don't know what you're going to get. Just question mark versus question mark. Mystery yeah. vortex every yeah. Monday night. Every it's Monday. what it kind of is. So six-man tag. They almost like redid the tag match here because it's Riddle selling. Biggie gets the tag, does his belly-to-belly comeback. And then we come back from break. They get the heat on Orton, who tags Riddle, who's hitting his exploders and sentons. All six get involved. Uh, There's a discus forearm by Rollins and then delivers another to the back of Riddle's head. Uh, The hidden hidden Rollins blade and pins Riddle. 
uh, going into the Survivor Series. So both SmackDown and Raw prevail in uh, tandem with one another before Seth has to go up against SmackDown as a member of Team Raw this Sunday. Uh, This did wonders. And then the Usos try to double-team Riddle, but Jimmy gets sent to the floor, and Jay Jay runs to the corner and gets intercepted with an RKO, which I have done many times running to the convenience store before uh, (laughs) it closes and just uh, slip in a puddle, and my neighbor hits me with one of these. It, It happens if you're running. Right, yeah. Um, I have nothing to say, dude. It's like, dude, this I, is a just nothing. To it's say. just such a clustered show, and that's what I'm gonna just review this as. Okay, it's like this is a variety show of just stuff that's thrown to the wall, and I can't pretend that this was any kind of a go home show for a show that I have any interest in on Sunday. So there you go. I'm so negative. At me. Uh, well, they have a pay per view with a theme to promote. And then they have to, you know, fill the rest of the TV time to create some sort of connective tissue to get you to that show. Um, I I just don't think it's a show with, you know, much foresight put into it. it it's other than, you know, we have this pay-per-view with this theme and we have these matches and then you kind of just fill fill in the rest, uh, fill in the gaps with other things. So it's. This it's, needs this needs a fresh coat of paint. They they love their word reimagining. They've got to reimagine the Survivor Series. This concept is dead, just dead. If you're watching the week to week, yeah, it's not special at all. I'm, I I wonder though if you're watching just the pay per views, if it's attractive to you that way. You know, like on paper, seeing a champion versus champion match, I, I think is probably still attractive. You're getting, two, you know, arguably the company's two biggest stars from either di- women or men's divisions facing each other. It's not like this sold out the Barclays Center, you know, for for what you want to, if uh, the weight you want to put in the Survivor Series name. Which I, I was speaking with someone today about this of like where Survivor Series really is in the pecking order, and it's quite low. It's I don't think this is. I don't even know if it comes with a whole lot of nostalgia attached to it from somebody like yourself that grew up with this as a no. pay-per-view. This was never a big pay-per-view. I was never a big fan of the concept, but I'm probably in the minority there. But I don't think this holds any kind of nostalgic value, and I don't think there's a whole lot of marquee value attached to it unless it's, you know, you have a special attraction for said event. Yeah. The name, to me, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's much more to this than any of your other B-shows. No, no. I mean, I think we all recognize the name because it's been around for so long, but it's not like there's a specific match type. Like even people clamor for like the five on five, but like, I don't think they're that great. You know, I never really thought they were that great. I mean, they could have been, they could be great vehicles to, you know, tell your smaller stories with, but I I don't certainly don't think you need a full card of them. Um, They were novel at a time when it was a novelty to see these different names teaming up together, pairings you wouldn't see. And it's names versus names that was still uh, infrequent enough that it stood out as a cool concept in 1987. But But you get multi-man matches every week. It's not novel. We just got an interpromotional six man here uh, on Raw. Yeah, and then just with, with the cur- current format of how they do TV and choosing not to mix the brands together, I mean, it just it's a, it's a real headache to try to create TV. It's just it's simply not a concept that works for television unless they like ideally a WrestleMania would be brand versus brand. You know, like if we're looking at at the WWE and their brand split, like it's some sort of like you know sports division. Ideally, by the end, you have your World Series. 
with the champion versus champion and the ultimate winner of that match becomes your ultimate champion but it's anything but that you know the survivor series simply is just like almost like a just a a, a dis, just a, a a meaningless display where the the winner doesn't get anything you know roman reigns could beat biggie or biggie could, be, could beat roman reigns and there really is no difference maybe a crown will be exchanged this time around but oh. in reality, like there are no real stakes attached. And, and I think that, I mean, that's only one of the problems with it all. After the match, Biggie is left with Jay Uso and tells him, I received Roman's message and I have a return message. And he hits the big ending and says, I want all the smoke message received. Uh, and Biggie was good here uh, with this. You know, the talent is is so incredible. The intensity is there. I mean, this is his, you know, what what he's worked his entire career for. So, you know, he's taking it seriously, just like how Drew McIntyre took his run seriously. But um, the TV has not been good and it has like it's it's not been good for a long time. And I think it's a tricky finish for for Sunday. I for for Big E, like, I just think that it's um, I don't think it is the time for this guy to just be losing kind of like we saw last year when it was Drew McIntyre in that same role and it led nowhere losing to Roman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who wins. Mackenzie Mitchell was on raw tonight uh, along with Sarah Shriver and Mackenzie interviewed Bianca Belair and said the dewdrop keeps sticking her nose in her business. When all of a sudden Tamina walked in and said, tonight you're my business. And Belair says, you'll do. And, uh, yeah, you'll do because do drop will not. And <laughs> we went to break and they put the graphic up for what's coming up next. And the graphic is Bianca Belair versus Tamina, who had do drop in her corner on the graphic. But then Tamina came out by herself and do drop stayed in the back. Yeah, I don't know what, what was up with that. Um well. Maybe she was supposed to come out. It and... tells me that it, probably the original idea was Dewdrop would be in Tamina's corner. And then for whatever reason, they decided against that. But that was what yeah. the graphic displayed going into commercial. Who knows? Kevin Owens is backstage and Sarah Schreiber says, you don't seem like a man of your word. <laughs> and Owens says, well, I said I'm going to be a bad guy now. So technically I didn't lie because... I think his logic was bad guys lie, or he said, I was going to be a piece of shit, so when I lie, I told you ahead of time, I'm a horrible person, so it's not a lie. Okay. I'm trying. Finn Balor appears and says that he was not here last week. He does not trust Kevin Owens one bit. I could have sworn the last time these two interacted, they were like best friends on the show, but now he doesn't trust him one bit. And he said, I was supposed to face Seth Rollins tonight. But now, I'm told it's you and me. Owen says, okay, cool. That's too bad for you, Finn. And that's not a lie, is what he says. That's right. That's not a lie. Which means, was that a lie? Fuck, I I have no idea, man. I just, I don't know if much thought deserves to be put into talking about this. Because I don't know how much thought is put into creating it. Bianca Belair and Tamina, this will uh, lift your spirits. Uh, Tamina took control. Belair got sent into the corner, spine buster. Then Tamina hit a super kick, goes to the top, 
uh, and gets thrown off. Handspring moonsault, but Belair lands on the knees. Superkick gets caught, avoids the Samoan drop, and the big spot is lifting up Tamina for the KOD in 439. And uh, that will do. Yeah, good little showcase match for Bianca Belair. You know, it's rare to see her against a bigger opponent. And in there, I, I thought, you know, the two of them did pretty well together. You know, and we had a big impressive KOD at the end. Uh, and, you know, Bianca, her style, I think, has really, you know, been they've really kind of honed in on like what makes her matches work. And even a match against, you know, a completely cold opponent, I would say, in, in Tamina, I thought she was able to make feel she was able to make it feel a little bit special. And Tamina, I suppose, is like sort of like in your big show role where it's like, you know, because she's she's simply big, like you can place her at any point as a monster for an opponent. Dewdrop comes out and says, you must be exhausted after that match. It wouldn't be fair for me to take advantage of you. But after Survivor Series, I'll be looking for you. Yeah, Becky translation. Um, you know, we got to put a program on pause, basically, because of this brand versus brand thing that I have no part of. And then I'll see you. Uh, but once that's over, like how awkward. <laughs> it's like the Survivor Series is the ultimate inconvenience for all these yeah. people on this show. It's like, oh, got to go to this family reunion. I don't yeah. really want to go, but we'll hang out after. No, the Becky timing Lynch's- is it's it's super awkward and and I just like it's been years of this now that they haven't really been able to solve the issue. It seems like there would be a a strategy involved that could incorporate the draft with the survivor series that mm-hmm. could come up with like a cohesive way that one either results from the outcomes of the survivor series or just some connectivity between the two at the yeah. very least some like draft selections are. The, you know, Raw and SmackDown are competing for draft slots. Anything. Like, literally, people are just looking for any kind of stakes attached to some of the stuff that would add some meat to the matches. And this this next segment was a perfect representation of what we've been talking about. Becky Lynch was great in this. She literally had to play two characters in this segment because in one program, she is a babyface, and in another, she's the the big-headed heel. So the first half is her coming out and cutting a very good promo on Charlotte Flair, where she replayed the comments from SmackDown, where Charlotte said there is nothing natural about her and said that this was the, like I wrote about this in my update. This is the way the promo should have been, that we used to be best friends. We rode everywhere and I was happy for your success. I was also a shoulder for you to cry on when things didn't go your way. But I realized that being friends with you came with conditions. You be the star and I stay in the background. And I said to hell with that and being uh, and Charlotte being a one note ripoff of someone else. And I went on to become the biggest star in the industry. And my success made you bitter and miserable. And you don't even like yourself anymore. I'm going to force you to face your insecure demons. This is not about brand supremacy, but about personal legacy. And I'm going to beat the piss out of you. I thought it was a good promo, like literally the most. the most energy for any one of these programs for Sunday was out of this promo and Charlotte's too on Friday. Yeah. Becky's Becky's is great. I really liked it. Uh, And like if they, you know, if the show was different, if the way they produced these TVs were different, I, I think you could have headlined the entire show just with this feud, you know, um, and, and with a series of TV shows, maybe sit down interviews with just simply with these two talking about their history together. There's just so much material 
so much footage that you could use to tell a deep story. Unfortunately, like with the way they separate the brains, it you're only kind of getting these little vignettes, you know, like a little bit here and there. And ultimately, it's just, I, I mean, there's so much real life history too, and real life controversy that's surrounding this that I don't think that they've really. It's a locker room issue, like Punk and Kingston. Like, look what they made out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so, a tiny thing that you can exploit for for the purposes of your of your program. Um, but Liv Morgan interrupts this, and she comes out and. Boom. It was like you had to snap your fingers and Becky turned into a different character here. And she says that last week, Becky, you just walked away from me and I can't let you do that again. I've been waiting for this opportunity to take the title from you. I once admired you the most. And Becky said, I left you last week so you could celebrate one of your few victories. And they brought up this clip from four months ago on Talking Smack when Liv stated that when Becky left, when she was pregnant, she whispered into Liv's ear, when I come back, you'll be champion. But Liv said four months ago, I'm still not champion. And Becky, back here in the ring, apologizes to Liv for getting her hopes up as she has underperformed so poorly. And some people have it, and some people don't. And Liv, you've done nothing while I was gone. And to get a signal, like where... Are they high on Liv Morgan? Are they really going with her? She got the star treatment here, Way. They gave her the B, she said, on behalf of the WWE Universe. Big time Bex is just a big time bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, this is, you know, a big challenge for Liv Morgan. Big title challenge, a big match against Becky Lynch. I... I you know I I feel she's actually a bit colder than maybe where she was some time ago, but I think this comes because of like several start and stop pushes that she's had over the past year. Um, it's now at a point where I mean you know Becky Lynch too is is a difficult opponent to go up against because I certainly don't see the crowd cheering Liv Morgan over uh, Becky Lynch, um, and. It, you know, she hasn't had many credible wins either. So she comes in into this as as an underdog that really just, I think, kind of feels like she's, she's there to take time to, you know, before Becky faces her next big opponent. But, you know, it can be a big match. Like, we look at what what uh, a Liv Morgan feud looks like right now versus maybe a push that Ty Conti got. Uh, against Britt Baker and what simply like challenging for the belt on a big stage did for her. Uh, and we'll see if, if Lib Morgan can get, get that same value. Yeah. I think in a perfect world, this segment happens next week instead of this. I thought there was enough here to just focus, have one central focus unless you're doing the title match next Monday. But nonetheless, this ended with Becky going for the manhandle slam and Liv countered it. And Becky exited the ring, but forgot the title, which Liv lifted up. There you go. RK Bro and Orton, or Riddle and Orton are in the back, and Orton is pissed about always about Riddle always playing hero out there and asks, where did helping the Street Profits get you? And he is just yelling at Riddle and says, tonight you entered Biggie's mess, and the only thing we should worry about is this team and the tag titles. Riddle tries to explain the concept of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and Orton shuts him down saying, no, nobody says that. And all I care about is this team. He screams and he leaves. 
And then the Street Profits walk in. Riddle loves the Profits. Says Orton has a funny way of showing he likes people. And Riddle says, I have to act a little more like Randy. Um, as he bonded here with the Street Profits some more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. Thank God Chad Gable went back to school because he's got a whole new character now. He holds up his four fingers to signify his 4.0 grade point average. And then later yells, he yells 4.0 Otis, which is maybe the, the team name that they're really trying to uh, force feed. Jimmy Smith says they could be called Brains and Brawn. And Corey Graves just scoffs at this idea, probably thinking in his head, yeah, we fired the guy that could have been part of that team. And Jimmy Smith notes they that both Alpha... Uh, th- you're right. They have another brawn in development. So that's right. Maybe that will not be too far away. Uh, Jimmy Smith notes that the Prophets and Elf Academy are still getting acclimated to the new night of the week and being on a new show. Acclimated. Okay. Just yeah. Like sleep schedules yeah. off. Yeah. Hm. Could you imagine doing what you've done for your career on a different night of the week? Be really tough, wouldn't it? Mm, I'll bet. It's yeah. Like Monday used to a Friday. Doc and Sue. This is actually a pretty nice match here. Um, Gable has really gotten like a lot more ring time since moving to Raw. Uh, Ford landed this huge drop kick. Gable still holding the four fingers in the air on the floor as Ford lands a dive, but then Otis kills both guys. Gable hits a rolling half crab to Dawkins. Dragon screw out of the corner and then a Northern Lights, but misses with the moonsault off the top. Dawkins is in. Silencer. Uh, Otis won't go down and hits a pop-up power slam onto Dawkins. The cover gets broken up, and then Otis hits his uh, his Otis effect, the spinning elbow to Montez Ford, goes for their double-team finisher, but Dawkins grabs Otis's leg from the floor, sends him into the barricade, and Ford hits a high cross, or gets hit with a high cross, reverses, pinning Gable as the Street Profits win. So getting acclimated to these Monday nights are the Street Profits. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, clocks uh, had to go back an hour. That's right, they had to deal with that as well. Oh, man. Daylight savings time. Mean? You've been drafted to Monday. Mm-hmm. Total mess uh, on their lives here. Good match. You know, I'm surprised they gave Alpha Academy so much. They had the Profits basically kind of barely squeak by with a win here. And I thought Gable looked really good. I'm glad he's getting a chance to wrestle a bit more lately. And, I mean, what do you chalk it up to except... Vince falling in love with the idea that this guy got a 4.0 GPA, graduated with whatever a valedictorian. Valedictorian. He's he must have been uh, just justifiably impressed. And here's a push. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Like he he's impressed. You know who's starting to like stand out a bit more to me is is Dawkins. Like he's got a really good hot tag, and I I, I think he's like he's made uh, inroads here. I know a lot of people focus on Ford. Uh, but I, I've been impressed of late with with Dawkins. Like they've their, their rhythm as a team has you know it's grown significantly over the last year. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think they've always been good. You know, I I I don't know how much they've really grown over the past year. Like, I, I've seen more in Dawkins. Um, I mean, Ford Ford has like a uh, a lot of talents. Um, but they are in this tag division that is largely just a hamster wheel where. You're going nowhere. Yeah. I mean, this is all done, I would assume, to heat the profits up for a title program against RK Bro or whoever RK Bro loses to, maybe Omos and AJ. Are they even challenging? What am I? Who are the programs right now? Who who are RK Bro facing? 
Like who are they? Uh, they who, don't really have a program. I mean, they're probably going to do something with the street profits. They're certainly hinting at that. It's 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 art. It's what Art Orton teasing a match with Omos, right? Yeah, I don't think we're really going to revisit the the tag title program. They just they just did that again in Saudi Arabia. Um, I see Orton and Omos. Yeah, as a singles match at some point. All right, maybe uh maybe uh one of the stupendous nights of WrestleMania. Hmm. Maybe. Rey Mysterio walks into Adam Pierce's office and asks him, uh, what the hell? Dominic, that sucked last week. We had a verbal agreement for Dominic to be on the Survivor Series team. Are you a man of your word? And Pierce tells him to stay in your lane. And he makes a match between Ray and Lashley. Some, some tone here from Adam Pierce. Big promo for Veer Mahan. He is still uh, finding his way to Raw to acclimate. And then we had a pair of matches with Nikki Ash against Queen Zelina, followed by Rhea Ripley against Carmella. So the story here is that Nikki, despite being one of the tag team champions, um, has not been chosen, and the heels uh, think she's she's like playing Cinderella that's not gotten invited to the ball. They're doing a self-confidence storyline with Nikki Ash, coming off of arguably the best self-confidence self-doubt storyline that we've ever had in professional wrestling so it's going to be difficult to uh, not make comparisons and uh we'll see how this they do be a, this is going to be a superhero in training shit superhero shit yeah sure superhero yeah exactly what you said so the first match was Zelina and uh, Nikki Ash with Ripley and Carmel in the corners uh Zelina drilled her with a knee and then Nikki climbs, gets distracted by Carmella. This led to the code red and Zelina won in 246. So you know where this is going. Uh, Ripley and Carmella. Carmella's in the mask. Long chin lock here. And then Ripley starts fuming. She was like playing Damien Priest here. And hits the Northern Lights, misses a drop kick, and gets hit with a pair of super kicks. They showed a replay where it looked like Carmella just drilled her. And then Ripley comes back, headbutt, riptide in four minutes and 10 seconds and wins the match. And uh, while I mentioned his name, no Damian Priest on this show, but he has been listed for uh, the match with Nakamura on Sunday. Both pretty average matches. Crowd seemed to get into the personalities, though. So, yeah, okay. Uh, This is the entirety of the women's tag division that we got Mm -hmm. the spotlight on. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Zelina cut a promo asking for the peasants to be silent and congratulated Nikki on being friends with a winner, calling it a fluke. And her and Carmella will lead the raw team to victory while Nikki is at home with the losers. And Ripley gives a pep talk to Nikki and reminds her, hey, uh, we've got these titles. Don't worry about this. Pierce meets up with Big E, who says that Raw and Adam Pierce need Biggie on Sunday. He's got to focus. And Biggie lists off all the feuds he's got going on, but Pierce says, I do not want you near Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens. And they actually gave a storyline reason for Biggie to not appear and threatened him with the same suspension and fine that Brock Lesnar received. So it would cost him a million dollars to run in and mess up this match between Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. That was the reference. Okay. I wasn't exactly sure what he meant by saying Brock Lesnar. Is he saying like he would replace Biggie with Brock Lesnar? Is he saying like he'd I set think Brock he was Lesnar on Biggie? Referencing the the suspension. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense. 
Um, they're also th- this was brought up on uh, one of the last uh, earnings calls was their idea for unique merchandise for specific events. And they aired an ad here that this Sunday at Survivor Series, they're going to be selling custom like Bruno San Martino merchandise at the Barclays Center. So the idea is like limited runs of certain um merchandise for some of their big events so that's what they're doing this sunday it's all about like his uh his uh his drawing power taking that that 187 figure which is higher but they're not at madison square garden it's a barclays center which i guess it's a bruno close enough it's a bruno san martino shirt with 187 on it well (laughs) it's uh it's like the wwe storyline number of sellouts that he had yeah bruno 187 (laughs) That's awesome. The Indianapolis Colts Colts were in the front row, and then Rollins is interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell, and Rollins had like this handler with him who he warned not to wake up the baby in the bus. Mm -hmm. Like, is the baby just on the road with with Becky and Rollins and just sleeping in the the bus? I I would assume a a babysitter is, is probably with their kid. Yeah. I I don't think this was a joke. I mean, I've I I believe that they. I'm sure there's. I'm sure the baby was there. I don't think he would be referencing it if he if it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna lead Raw to victory. Uh, same promo we heard multiple times, and then he will focus on Big E after this little nuisance of a Survivor Series we've got on Sunday. And then he's gonna take Raw to the mountaintop after he wins the title. So look out, Monday Night Football, new cable giant coming once Seth Rollins wins his title. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Kevin Raw Kevin Owens and Finn Balor was next. Uh very good match between these two. Um Owens was in control early on uh and attempted an apron bomb was was unsuccessful. Uh Balor hit a double stomp and a Topecon hero which led to the line talk about momentum going into Survivor Series. Momentum from Finn Balor. It's a yeah, double momentum here. I think they're very self-aware. They have to be, right? It has to be like they're probably <laughs> just putting like they're probably just like laughing at one another as they deliver these lines. Uh, there's a rolling fireman's carry by Owens off the turnbuckle. Stunner gets countered with a roll up uh, and then sling blade by Balor. Uh, back body drop is delivered to Owens on the apron and then a shotgun drop kick just sends Owens flying into this barricade. It looked uh, this guy flew. He misses the coup de grace, pop-up powerbomb, Balor kicks out, Swanton lands on Balor's knees, another shotgun, and then the coup de grace gets stopped when he's knocked off balance, and Owens hits the stunner, pinning Finn Balor. Really good, hard-hitting match. Um, This was stupendous. Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah, if you still watch Raw for good matches, I mean, these two you could definitely depend on, and they delivered a very, very good match. Owens is uh, certainly the guy right now that they're pushing. And uh, for Balor, you know, he just kind of feels like a guy who is a background player, a supporting player right now, somebody who they could beat over and over again because he doesn't seem to be in any notable position right now. So I don't know if they're they're thinking of him as a title contender anytime soon, but, um, you know, Owens uh, might have that spot for now. Yeah, I think Owens is, uh, this is a, you know, in a heel role, it's kind of fresh now because it's it's been some time. And there you go; they're obviously going with them. Uh, footage of the WrestleMania on sale party. So you got to hear Stephanie scream the 
slogan into the camera for you. Sarah Shriver interviewed AJ Styles and Omos, and they're taking on the Dirty Dogs tonight. And AJ Styles had like an all-time promo here. It hmm. started off with him reacting to the Dirty Dogs name, making fun of this name, and saying, they're not in the same food chain as us. And then he he has like a scientific breakdown of we want the smoke before he moves on to a AJ Styles, a movie critic, and he talks about a movie way called The Avengers, which had a character named Caval. <laughs> I get it. Wait for it. And his army. But instead of Loki, AJ has Omos. It's, Which it's, makes it's me Iron Man. Yeah, it's referencing the Hulk line. Yes. And then he said, we're two cool guys watching cool movies. And Omos ends the promo by saying he will make them suffer. And AJ gets in a Godzilla line. Yeah, he's really funny, AJ. This was uh, humor from a he's funny. four-year-old man. Yeah, it's very funny. He's hilarious. No, he is. I mean, I think he's great, actually. Rude and Ziggler countered by talking about what they watched on Peacock over the weekend. It, it stars Arnold and Danny DeVito, just like AJ and Omos, twins. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they called AJ Danny DeVito, basically. I, lo- I love the timeliness of this line. This was great. I mean, it's a classic, man. Everybody knows twins. They do. I've never seen twins. Oh, wow. But maybe I will now. I don't get Peacock, though. Uh, They had a promo on Damian Priest, and that was his uh, involvement on the show. And then AJ Styles and Omos versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. This was rather impressive because they time-traveled back to 1978 with this match. AJ tagged Omos. So we got Ziggler and Roode taking turns, selling and bumping for Omos. And this was uh, this was just out of uh, another like era. Um, it was just jarring to watch. Like Omos, he built up. He hit him with a chop, then a slow snake eyes. Ziggler's turn to come in. He gets thrown off of Omos's back, and then we built up to uh, the big high spot: a military press slam. And then AJ was tagged, hit the phenomenal forearm, and pinned Dolph Ziggler in three minutes and eighteen seconds. This was like a, um, this felt like a tutorial I was watching <laughs> run by Ziggler and Rude. Uh, yeah. How to bump for a guy for a three minute TV match and he can do three things. Yeah, it felt like, you know, like um, what you put your creative wrestler through after you've, you've created them. Like this is how to play the video game, you know? This like, is when you like choose computer versus computer and they just do the most like the basics. Yeah. Yeah, total squash. This jarring. This is yeah. jarring to watch with some of the pro wrestling we are exposed to on a regular basis. I mean, basis. you know, like, I guess, uh, like, they're on a kick where they want to go back to basics. And Vince, one of his favorite things is to push uh, these monsters. And you do that by focusing and putting everything on him, including these types of squash matches. So that's really it. Um, it's Omos. It's Omos. And uh, he's getting a lot of attention. And you know what? I think it's working. Like, he feels like he's a threat you know is it i guess is it working in that like 
do I want to pay to see him wrestle? I don't know if I do, but um, maybe, you know, a lot of other people would. Like this Omos-Orton feud that they've got going on. Anytime they've had interactions, I think it's received a good reaction. So, yeah, maybe it is working. I think you get the match. You get the match out of Orton, and I think there will be an absolute curiosity to see him have to do a... I won't even say real match, but more than this, obviously. Schreiber's with Bobby Lashley, who said that Dominic should never have been on the team to begin with. He's going to beat up Ray, and then he can cheer him on Sunday as he runs through Team SmackDown. Roman Reigns is going to be on Jimmy Fallon Wednesday, and our main event, Rey Mysterio versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, No MVP, as we mentioned, so Lashley is out by himself. Uh, For the discussion about the... uh, you know, we sometimes play the age game on Rewind Away, Mr. Ting. Do you have any guess what the combined age of our main eventers were tonight? Combined age, okay. Um, I'm going to say 85. Not far off, 91. Is that right? Okay. What are the ages? Ray is 46. He's going to be 47 in a few weeks, which is crazy. It's amazing. And uh, wow. Bobby is uh, 45. Wow, that's incredible. They're mm-hmm. both in amazing shape. Yes. I say like These, I say this now as like wow, 45, that seems so old. Dude, I'm 37. Like when I when I was 27, I was thinking of 37 as like wow, how could those people still walk? And um I can barely walk. Yeah, I guess like, you know, 37 really like when you're there, it really doesn't feel that old and I'm assuming maybe 45 is the same. Just a number. It's a state of mind. Uh the start of this match Ray goes to slide, does his usual deal, sliding on the mat and was going for like either a DDT or an arm drag to Lashley, but slipped right off of his shoulders. It might even have been Lashley supposing to catch him to drill him into the the post, but totally slipped uh, and then lifts him up on the shoulders to and Lashley is the one that is drilled into the post. Then with Bobby climbing onto the apron, Ray hits this like the sloppiest 619 I think I've ever seen him execute that the announcers even called out and then he goes through the roof through the ropes with a sliding splash to the floor i've seen a lot of ray mysterio in my life this might have been the roughest two minutes i've ever seen of ray mysterio no you like three things that got, just got messed up here yeah you don't often see you know um imperfection from somebody like ray mysterio and you had Very a rare. few glimpses of it here and yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a, uh, an extra slippery apron. Well, you Threw know what off. the problem is, Way? Mondays. Move to Mondays. Acclamation. Yeah. Just got drafted. Mm-hmm. So after the break, Lashley is just destroying him. He spins him off his shoulder, sends him into the post, uh, spears him in the corner. There's a delayed one-arm vertical as he eyes Dominic in the corner. And then with Ray in the Tree of Woe, Lashley runs for a spear, and Ray literally gets up. Like, the timing was perfect. He got up right at the last second as Lashley runs into the corner. 619 to the body, then to the head. These are much more uh, proficient 619s. And then Ray hit the splash, but in kicking out, Lashley just lifted him up while kicking out and turned it into the hurt lock, forcing Ray to submit. It was quite the setup uh, for the submission. He won't release the hold, finally does, as Dominic is just watching from the floor, and Ray is left for dead. Dominic comes in to check on his father, 
And Adam Pierce is watching all of this from the back as Sarah Schreiber scores an exclusive with Adam Pierce, asking him, what are your thoughts on the Survivor Series? Pierce is like, thoughts? Barely have a card on Sunday. He takes the mic, walks out, and says, it is my job to make sure that we have the best competition at the Survivor Series. And for the well-being of Raw and Rey Mysterio, you're off the team, and there will be a replacement to be named later. And with that, with a minute left to go in the go-home show before the show, Austin Theory appears, ATL on Dominic, and Pierce names Austin Theory to the men's Raw team as Ray and Dominic are just left here in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so putting Theory on this 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 uh, card in this match, I mean, I suppose to give him some spotlight while also furthering whatever feud they're trying to build with Ray Mysterio and... Adam Pierce, like is is this the program now? They're definitely um that that's where you were led to believe like Pierce messing with the Mysterios. Yeah, we've got Sonya versus uh, Naomi, and then on this side of yeah. things we have Adam Pierce and and the Mysterios. Yes, so see what happens there. So how does it work? It's like Pierce is a heel on Raw, but he comes across as the babyface on SmackDown and. Sonya, like it was very much a babyface spot tonight coming out just to make the tag match, but she's a heel on SmackDown. So it's like it's they have not, got, they have not got acclimated. Yes. Yeah. Like a weekend does crazy things to people. What okay? a mess. You have two people playing four characters right now. <laughs> Colors are all over the place. You know, oh, like when people see God. red, they just completely change. Um, you know, a bad sleep on a Sunday is it would totally fuck you up. It would totally turn you good or bad. <laughs> So I don't know, dude. They have different. Maybe they have different writers. I have no idea. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sorry. Like this. This feels like it's a shorter review than usual. But it's like I don't. I don't know how much we could really say about it. It's. It's a show that. It's a pay per view coming up on Sunday that just has, I think, very minimal effort in in uh, being um, uh, built in, in their building. Um, I think you know they they in many ways were gifted a great story it would in what they've managed to organically create between Charlotte and and uh uh Becky Lynch um and I again I don't feel like they fully mined that great material to flesh out that story um you know Roman and Biggie I feel like you know for some weeks felt kind of hot when they are actually interacting with each other from week to week since then it's definitely been cooled down they tried to reheat it back up maybe we'll see Biggie on Friday um, I think I think so. That that would make sense for him to show up Friday, and, and I think you need a big promo from from Charlotte, and maybe even you get uh, Becky on SmackDown. Like maybe, um, sure, just yeah. throwing ideas. But out. I I think in both cases it's a little too too little too late. You know, like one week to go before we're even thinking about these matches. I the anticipation for this card is is very low. Um, I think at least like so much of the issue is just the timing of the show and the awkwardness of having to create TV without actually having the, the participants of this pay-per-view going head to head. So it just, again, feels like it's a pay-per-view and a card and a theme that's being done out of obligation rather than any sort of real effort at telling story. So the card for Sunday as of now, Big E against Roman Reigns. RK Bro against the Usos, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, Damian Priest against Shinsuke Nakamura, 
And then the women's team consists of Raw's Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina against Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and whoever takes the spot of Aaliyah. The men's team has Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory against Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and the replacement for Sami Zayn, who has not been announced yet. Yep. Yeah. Let's go to feedback. There is some here. Um, I'm going to do you a favor, Way. I'm going to do the first one here because it comes from Brandon from New Jersey. Good evening and solutions, gentlemen. Great to talk to you again. Hope both parties are well. Man, this show. What a build to the Survivor Series. And if the party's involved in this build, and I can guarantee that if this guy isn't dealt with in a hurry, there will... Okay, I'm skipping that. Uh, I've been stalling for a minute, but I have to come clean. I need your help on something. If not, then I understand. Okay, this is a... Okay, he's asking about CP24 breakfast. Um, Thanks, Brandon, for the feedback. Okay, we go to uh, who's this person? Uh, Carl, who says not a terrible show, but not great either. Some thoughts with title holders facing off, facing off, but non-title. So just the fight for brand supremacy between GMs that run both shows. I think they should scrap brand versus brand team formats, heels versus faces teams within each brand. Okay. I think I, I think he's just. I'm trying to uh, understand. I think he's saying they should scrap brand versus brand. Okay. And do heels versus faces instead. He says, why the constant swapping performers out of teams? This feels like Vince looked at teams late and wanted some changes. It could be that Carl, or it could just be them like needing material for television and wanting to hold some things back for surprise. I suppose could be, who knows? Like this Mysterio thing, like there's a story behind it. It's not just a radically taking people off like it seems like there is there's a sp- specific purpose with this adam pierce character and what about Sami Zayn and uh who's the other person that got taken out Aaliyah. Aaliyah. i mean that's for story i mean Ali- well. Aaliyah's it's it's the exact same story with sonia deville on smackdown yes yes uh veer is still coming to a raw brand that he never left i do not see him working on his own who exactly was rollins out to scout as an the announced team said none of the guys in the hey, opening biggie Right, okay. Yeah, that, that made sense. That did make sense. How is the threat of Brock Lesnar a deterrent to Big E from getting involved? Well, as John explained, it's it's the threat of the fine, not so much Brock Lesnar himself. Uh, Bianca is getting better every week. The loss at SummerSlam in a minute or less dug a big hole, but she is climbing out with her talent. Seems very comfortable and capable in her promos. I agree. Speaking of better, Rhea Ripley is coming off as a legitimate badass again. Less promos, the better. Um... I think she's, I think she's lost so much of her, her edge, you know, being a part of this team with Nikki Cross. But maybe it's, uh, it's to set up a heel turn, which I would love. Terrible accent by Zelina. Cannot stand the Dewdrop name. If she fails to stick around, it will be partly due to the name. Dewdrop implies a good, innocent competitor. She needs a new name. So does T Bar. Does Dewdrop imply good, innocent to you? Um. I have never given too much thought Dewdrop. to the the deeper context of Dewdrop. Okay. Kate writes in, I hate to grade on a curve, but by the standards of Raw, this one wasn't bad. The promo from Owens off the top and the match with Balor were really good, although I think they risk making Owens the most interesting character on the show. Yeah, it's a very dangerous risk. Let's not go too far here. 
they're handling the build to the Bianca Dewdrop match pretty well. Nothing too complicated. But after Survivor Series, I'm coming for you is perfectly effective. We all know Liv has no chance of winning, but I like the segment with her and Becky as a way to get some excitement going. The biggest problem with tonight's show was that it had very little to do with the Survivor Series or building it up. The men's team still seems like a confused mess. Adam Pierce is still weirdly picking sides and I guess threatening Big E with a million dollar fine. And the women seem like they're more interested in fighting each other than anyone on SmackDown. I guess they have another swing at a go-home show on Friday, although since it's brand versus brand, it should be more important to give a sense of momentum on both shows. Ultimately, I've left feeling like there's no reason that I should get excited for the pay-per-view since it looks like no one booking the actual show is. And that kind of summarizes it. Thank you, everybody, for your feedback. But most of all, let's all thank Way. Why? Just for just for being here. I don't think I offered anything on this review. So you offered you offered your your concrete, honest feedback to a show that um, is uh, not inspiring a whole lot of uh, excitement. Well, I I have to say, like, I mean, coming off of, I think, the like, you know, great experience of the weekend where I think you had a lot of options um, with more interesting things to talk about than than this like it was it was tough to go back to this 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 feels just incredibly low effort and again something that's just done to you know fulfill a contract rather than somebody actually trying to tell an, an effective story well let's look at the positive way the camera lasted all show long i went to the the i climbed the mountain of connectivity to charge yeah. this this camera all day Cool. Prayed to the uh, the Sony gods, and this thing lasted. The light, the green light, did it charge all the way up to the green? It doesn't turn green. That's what I'm noticing. Really? But it's is charged. It, green now? it says it's is fully it green charged. Now? No. Mine is. Oh, okay. Well, huh. we're going to this. On that note, everybody, we are going to sign off. Thank you for listening to Rewind a Raw. We're back tomorrow. The one-two punch, post-daily news show, and then... This is going to get everyone's uh, spirit up. The UWF Blackjack Brawl from September of 1994. It's free on YouTube. Don't worry. UWF will not uh, have any problem with you watching this thing for free. We're watching the two-hour version. There are actually multiple uploads of the uh, Blackjack Brawl 1994 up on YouTube. We're watching the shortest one. I, I think the two-hour version, the difference between the two is basically commercial sets and like one additional match. Pretty much uh. everything is in this two-hour show. All right, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, rewind away number 99 on the Post Wrestling Cafe out tomorrow night. So, you can listen to it after you watch the show or uh, listen to it cold on Wednesday morning. It will be a great one.